1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. Folks, it is a victory Monday. Holy cow. It is a victory Monday. I'm excited for this. I really am. We've been waiting for this. We didn't get this last week after that dud against the Texans, and the Steelers find a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens. I get it. There's a lot of people that might live in and around the Pittsburgh area. And for them, games against the Browns or games against the Bengals might be the biggest games for them based on proximity, maybe the fans that you have around you. But for me and many of the people at Steel Curtain Network, I live in Maryland. And when you live in Maryland in this, sometimes this godforsaken state, I actually love this state, but still the fans here are just, oh, they're unbearable. They are unbearable. So anytime the Steelers get a chance to beat the Baltimore Ravens, I celebrate. I celebrate. And you're going to celebrate too because we're giving away a Victory Monday t-shirt today on Monday. What I want you to do is you're going to have to follow the Steel Curtain Network. I'll retweet this on my Twitter feed. And what will happen is I'm going to put out there, hey, now is the time where we're giving away a Victory Monday t-shirt. You have to follow us on the Steel Curtain Network you have to retweet that tweet, and then by Wednesday, I will have the winner for the free t-shirt, and if the Victory Monday t-shirts don't really suit your fancy and you want a different one, like a Steel Curtain Network or a Let's Ride t-shirt, well, you can get whatever shirts you want. We'll give you a gift card for the equivalent of a t-shirt. You can get whatever you want. If you want to upgrade to a hoodie, you just have to pay the difference. That's how it works. So Victory Monday, I'm excited to be giving out the very first Victory Monday t-shirt on our store, in our, in our store, I should say. Okay, I have a lot to get off my chest, a lot to discuss. I'm sure you're waiting for that before we get there. I want to go over the news first and foremost, and it's all based around injuries. Boy, the bye, we couldn't come at a better time for the Steelers, it seems. In-game injuries. Here's what Mike Tomlin said after the game. Larry Ogunjobi, he left the game, was able to return with what was labeled as a stinger. T.J. Watt left briefly, the, the television broadcast even noticed this and said, ah, uh, T.J. Watt just left the game, it was with a finger injury, so not sure if it was a dislocation or maybe he could have broken it, I don't know. Clearly, that did not stop him from making plays in the game. Calvin Austin III, this is an interesting thing to discuss, and we'll get into it in more detail in the second half. Calvin Austin III was he left the game, went into the blue tent to undergo some tests for a concussion. And what ended up happening is he passed all those tests. They said he was not concussed. So barring any recurring symptoms, he was cleared to return. And he did return. But he did not return to punt return duties, which, like I said, we'll get to that in the second half when we get to winners and losers. One other facet of this Steelers game ending, the upcoming week being the bye, well, this means that players that were placed on injured reserve after week one, they are now eligible to return to the team before their Week 7 game at Los Angeles Rams if they're healthy. i got to make that very clear. If they are healthy, that would be Cam Hayward and his groin injury. I don't think he'll be back in Week 7. We'll see. Deontay Johnson with a hamstring, he is a guy that I could actually see potentially returning, and so could Anthony McFarland. All three of those players were placed on injured reserve after Week 1 and the injuries they suffered. They are now eligible to be brought off injury reserve let that, to let them start that process of returning to practice. But that does not mean they have to come back right away. So, if, for example, Cam Hayward, he's still nursing the groin injury. He's going to need a few more weeks. He stays on IR. No harm, no foul. So we'll see. And then also, let's not underscore players like Pat Fryermuth dealing with a hamstring, Dan Moore Jr., knee sprain, James Daniels, groin, giving those guys an extra week to heal up could be exactly what this team needs heading into their next game. But the bye week came at a great time. Came at a great time. I just did the 17 to 10 win over the Ravens. It was really, really weird. These games tend to go that way where it's just it's nothing is it's just odd. Everything about it is just really, really odd. It's the best way for me to describe it. If you've been watching long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Low scoring game, ugly missed opportunities coaching blunders all of it that's what this game had this game had a lot of it and i honestly know just based on off of my twitter interactions with people that there's a lot of the fan base that are throwing around the yeah buts yeah butts. you know what i'm talking about yeah the steelers won but yeah they did this but and so what i want to make sure you let's go through some of the most common right now yeah but it was ugly yeah, they won, but the Ravens wide receivers can't catch. Yeah, they won, but the offense still stinks. Yeah, they won, but Matt Canada should still be fired. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh- so what I want to do here for right now, can we let's, ho- can let's hold it off on the yeah butts for now. They exist and they're real. I get that. We will have almost two weeks to talk about some of the issues that plague this team. I plan on having some great guests this week during the bye to kind of tide you over until the next, uh, you know, previewing the next game. So as I get those guests lined up, like I want to make sure that for this show, this winners and losers podcast, that you understand that I'm going to put that talk to the side for a second. I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve talked about in discussion. It does. I'm going to put it to the side. For right now, let's hold off. Because right now, the Steelers are first place in the AFC North after week five. I don't care how they got there. They're there. They are there. And I'm going to stay with optimism. I'm going to stick with optimism. I am an optimistic guy especially with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am a uber Homer optimist, whatever you want to call me. That's fine. I've heard it all, but I'm an optimist. So I'm going to stick with the optimism for this show. And I want you to, for those of you that are old enough, that remember uh, Wayne's world, the movie, it's one of my favorite movies where, you know, Wayne and Garth are there and they say, you know, they're, they're getting ready to do their first real show uh, after they get picked up and they're in an actual studio and it goes, it be magically whisked away to Delaware. Wow. We're in Delaware. So I am going to magically whisk you away throughout your speakers or your earbuds or wherever you're listening back to 2022 for just a brief second. We go back to 2022. Think about the early start of that season. It was awful. Mitch Trubisky struggled. People were booing. People wanted him benched. Kenny Pickett gets inserted into the offense midway point of the game halftime of week four against the Jets doesn't get much better they struggle the only time they succeed seems to be when Kenny Pickett leaves the game and then they go into the bye week two and six the offense looked like garbage going into the bye and then we all know what happened coming out of the bye in 2022 what happened was you saw things start to slowly shift you saw things in the fundamental aspect of the game start to change. You saw the offense start to simplify. Kenny, can't turn it over. We have to play a clean brand of football. The offensive line, who had started to spend some serious time together, started to kind of gel. They kind of become a cohesive unit. The play calling, while still not great, improved based on the fact that it started to be able to tailor the offense around the quarterback, the quarterback, the receivers, the offensive line, and the running backs. Everyone gets all their P's and Q's together. That's what it was all about in 2022. And guess what happened in the second half? We saw a massive improvement in the offense. To the tune of, they eventually go 7-2 and two down the stretch. They win their final four games. And was it against subpar competition? Sure, you can say it was. But no one that watched that season last year can say that improvement wasn't evident. It was at every single level. So why did we magically get whisked back to 2022, you might ask? It's for a simple reason. Because change is possible. Improvement is is possible. So for those of you that are sitting here, and all that you can think about are the yeah buts. Oh yeah, sure, the Steelers won, but you know, this team is man, they stink. This offense is atrocious. Yeah, it is. Heard a lot of similar things last year at this, at this time, except this year, they're three and two. They're not two and six. I know that the weeks of the buys don't add up. Spare me. They're three and two. And as they head into the bye week they are first in first place in the division. Compare that to two and six, And the last game that the Steelers played before that bye week was when Kenny Pickett went to Philadelphia and got absolutely shellacked on the road. Quite the difference. Quite the difference. Is there struggle that still is happening? Absolutely. Is it perfect? No. Is it good? No. Is it great? Absolutely not. But at the same time, I think this team is in a better spot, believe it or not, heading into the bye week than they were a year ago. Now, is this a Super Bowl team? No. No, it's not a Super Bowl team. Does this? Do you think anyone that has two eyes and a brain would tell you that this Steelers team is a Super Bowl contender? No, they wouldn't say that, because that would be lying straight to your face. No, this is not a Super Bowl contender. This is a team that is still trying to put the pieces together. But it's only been five weeks, too. You know, I go back to... I was scrolling through Instagram, and it was on our Steel Curtain Network Instagram feed, or maybe it was my own personal feed, and I see Cam Hayward, who does a podcast, not just football. It's a little clip, a little snippet of the show, a little teaser. And his host, whoever his name is, said, you know, a lot of people are saying that Mike Tomlin doesn't have it anymore. A lot of people are saying that he should be gone. And Cam just kind of laughed it off. He said, really? He said, my gosh, it's been four weeks. It's just been four weeks. And when I heard that, I started to think to myself, maybe Cam is right. We as fans live and die by every single game. Every single game. It's so important. It's so important for these games to be won and for them to play well. No one has the patience or the, the forward thinking or the, you know the thought process of, well, you know what? In week five... The offense really struggled, but in week 15, could it be a completely different story? There's a lot of factors there, but just something to consider as we think about the season and in its entirety and not just this one specific game. I'll go back to this past Thursday Night Football. The Washington Commanders host the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears hadn't won a game in almost a calendar year. They hadn't won a game since they traded Chase Clay- for Chase Claypool, who's no longer there. But That's neither here nor there. And so here you have the Washington Commanders, who were coming off the prior week, a road trip to Philadelphia, not far at all. And they take the reigning NFC champions to overtime, could have won it. Everyone's thinking, wow, this Washington team is something else. Like, they're actually a lot better than we think. What do they do? They completely lay an egg at home. The Chicago Bears crush them in Washington on Thursday Night Football. And when I watched that game, I thought to myself, you know, the NFL is a week-to-week league. You know, they set it up this way. They want you to be so invested in a week-to-week performance. They don't want you thinking, oh, well, a blip on the radar could be just that, a blip on the radar. But the Steelers find a way to win. They find a way to win 17-10. to Now, I'm just going to go into the assumption right now that Matt Canada is not going anywhere. I know, and I would love it if they came out and made a change or they stripped play-calling duties or, Whatever the case is, I would be fine if they made that change. I'd actually be really happy if they did. But I also am smart enough and have been around this team and have been around the covering this team long enough to know that that's just not how they do business. I would be absolutely floored if they made that change. So if Matt Canada's is staying and we're assuming that he's not going anywhere, man, you just have to hope that the players start to improve in Basic execution. There are some plays that are there, but some of these play calls are just mind numbing. I'm going to finish this first half with this. If you go to my Twitter page, you have to, have to scroll down a little bit because I tweet a lot. But I tweeted out the video of Matt Canada. You probably saw it if you watched the the actual tele the television broadcast of the game. And they got the video. Obviously, the little cameras. Once the they want to see what the coordinators are doing and how they're reacting to plays. So, Mad Canada is watching Kenny Pickett in the fourth quarter. Beautiful deep ball to George Pickens, catch and run, touchdown Steelers. And you're watching everyone else in that box, fist up, fist pumping, maybe they're high fiving. And there you see Mad Canada sitting there doing nothing. Not a smile, not a fist pump, not even a, a quiet little, like, yes, we got it. Nothing. Stone-cold, straight face. I think, to me, that tells me that Matt Canada saw that play and said, I didn't call that play. Whether he called it and it was changed at the line of scrimmage, whether he was not calling that play, I don't know. We don't know. But I will tell you this. That reaction, or lack thereof, was very, very telling for me. Hey, maybe, maybe they will make a change. I don't know. We'll see. I'll tell you what. Second half of this show, we're going to dive right into the hit winners and losers. There's a lot of winners, and there's actually a good number of losers as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. All right, Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. It is one of my favorite times of the week. It's time for winners and losers. And why is it my favorite time? Well, not only do I get to put these players in a specific ledger, meaning a winner or a loser, but when they win a game, it's exciting, it's fun. You get to relive all the great moments of the Steelers' victory. In this, we have 10 winners and 6 losers, 16 total players or aspects of the game to discuss. That's a lot. We got to get this thing rolling. Let's start off with the winners, just so you were clear. This is in no particular order. So if you're wondering, well, why is this player in that before him? No, sometimes this is just how I have them written in my notebook or as I'm jotting down notes from the game. So don't say like, oh, I can't believe this player was ahead of this one. That's not the way it is. A winner is a winner. There's no best winner or top winner or anything like that. The winners are the winners. And let's get started with Jalen Warren. Listen to this stat line, nine carries for 40 yards which is a 4.4-yard average. He did not hit pay dirt. He had a 16-yard long. He had three catches for 39 yards, a 13-yard average, a 23-yard long on three targets, and he was the second leading receiver on the Steelers on the day and led the Steelers in rushing. Jalen Warren, I'm going to give credit to Brian Davis, who I watched the game with on on Sunday. He called Jalen Warren the pinball wizard. Jalen Warren, he's like a little... He's like a little pinball. It, it's kind of, it's crazy. People try to tackle bounces off him, just kind of like bam, 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 bouncing back and forth. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Jalen Warren. And I really hate when people say, Jeff, do you think it should be Najee or Jalen? Why do we have to choose? That was a question on our post game show, which if, if you missed it, go check it out. Someone actually gave us a super chat and said, which one should it be? You have to answer. Well, why do I have to pick one? They're both great. Let's stick with both of them. They're doing a good job. So Jalen Warren, he had some really great plays, some hard runs, great yards after the catch. The hurdle was awesome. Really great to see. Jalen Warren deserves to be. And let's also not forget, and this might not end up in the article, which you can find on steelcurtainnetwork.com, the pass blocking has also been tremendous. His blitz pickup has been top notch. So good for Jalen Warren. He's a winner. Let's go to the next one. Just the overall pass rush. Steelers were always in Lamar Jackson's grill. They sacked him four times, had six quarterback hits. A great outing for the pass rush that got absolutely skunked a week ago in Houston against rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. Let's talk about some of those pass rushers, right? First, Alex Highsmith. His stat line was kind of mediocre, but boy, when you needed a play, he made the play. Stat line, only two tackles, one solo, he had one sack, and that forced fumble, that strip sack, was absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary. Alex Highsmith, again, sometimes you you know, you know, just have to understand, like these guys need to Alex Highsmith, and the next winner is TJ Watt. Hey, superheroes save the day, right? Superheroes always save the day. It's exactly what we saw here with Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt. They're making the plays. Let's go to TJ Watt. His stat line was much more impressive. Two tackles, two solo, two tackles for losses, two sacks, two passes defense, two quarterback hits, and a fumble recovery, which he recovered Alex Highsmith's strip sack. Last time, TJ returned it for a touchdown. He didn't this time, but that's fine. It looked like he was going to, but no, he was close. But TJ Watt, my gosh, this guy, he has eight sacks already on the season. He's on a really crazy pace right now. He's already broken the Steelers' individual season sack record he is just continuing to pile up the numbers and it was good to see him starting to get home it took them a while to kind of get their footing but once they did there was no doubt about it no doubt about it. as Lanny for Terry used to say the Pittsburgh Pirates there was no doubt about it that was TJ Watt you knew he was going to come in you knew he was going to make a play the dude's a beast for a reason let's go to the next winner George Pickens Finishes six catches for 130 yards, 21.7-yard average, one touchdown, 41-yard long, 10 targets. He had one rush, one carry for 16 yards. George Pickens is still so freaking raw when it comes to being a wide receiver. I mean, that is just fact. If you watch him, you're just like, man, this guy is just as raw as they come. And when it comes to that, you also look at it and say, but he's so talented. Now, you have to, he's got to figure out some stuff on his own. He's going to have to figure out how to bottle up the emotion, use it in the right way. I'm sure that they're going to talk to him about some of that stuff. But ultimately, George Pickens is a problem. And if he's doing this when he's getting the double coverage that a number one wide receiver gets, then my goodness, can you imagine what he's going to do when Deontay Johnson comes back? If Deontay Johnson comes back and is healthy and is able to move the way he is typically moving in terms of getting open. This is one of those changes that I talked about at the end of the first half that could really catapult this offense forward. Deontay Johnson returning, George Pickens seeing less double coverage, and him becoming more of a deep threat and more of an option for Kenny Pickett, who at times has struggled. George Pickens was a winner, had a huge game, and the Steelers needed it. Now, the next player that made the winner's list, I got to be honest, I wasn't sure if he should be here. I wasn't sure if I should add him, and after we finished the postgame show, I even asked Dave and Brian, hey, what do you all think? Dave said no. Brian said yes. I thought about it. I went back and forth, eventually decided to put him on the list. That's Kenny Pickett. His stat line is not crazy. 18 of 32, 224 yards, seven-yard average. He did throw that touchdown to George Pickens. He was sacked three times for 22 yards. Two of those sacks just came at a brutal time for an 88.5 overall rating. So here's the deal with Kenny Pickett. I did, You did start to see him become more comfortable as the game progressed. Uh, in the early stages, just nothing was working. And then it's almost as if he started to either figure out what the Ravens were trying to do, he and the offense started to just kind of find their mojo. I don't know what it was. I wish I knew because then I would be able to somehow help them recreate it more often, but I don't. But Kenny Pickett, I even tweeted this. It was the fourth quarter. I said, look, if Kenny Pickett, everyone always says, hey, his biggest factor, the biggest facet of his game is he's got that clutch factor, the it factor, right? So everyone always says. Well, if that's the case, then he's got to go make a play. And only about three plays later, he delivered – that pass to George Pickens, but the plays that he made leading up to that pass were also impressive. He had another pass to George Pickens. He was starting to see the field better. If the Steelers are smart over the bye week, they start to go back to the last two or three games and they start to say, "Okay, what did what were we doing?" They got Kenny going. They got him comfortable. Maybe it's more of an up tempo offense. Maybe it's a certain package meaning like they they're running in twelve personnel versus uh eleven. You know all these different things and these different facets. This is where I'm talking about. If they can find what's working now and what makes Kenny comfortable, that's when this offense can really start to blossom and maybe look a little bit more like the preseason offense and a little bit less like the Steelers first half offense against the Ravens. But I put Kenny Pickett on the winner's list because to me, you complete a fourth quarter comeback, you complete that pass at the very end in the fourth quarter to give him the lead. That matters. It does. Next winner We've all been screaming for him. We've been waiting. Hello, Mike Tomlin, McFly, anyone home? When are you going to play Joey Porter Jr.? Finally do. What does he do? He goes in and makes a game-changing play. He only had two tackles. He had one pass defense, which was his interception. I cannot believe that the play even happened. Uh, you, You know, when Gunnar Olszewski fumbles the football, you're thinking, this is it. The game's over. Ravens are already in the red zone. You kidding me? You're not thinking that. At that point, the defense is, they've done a lot, but how much more can they do? Well, Joey Porter said plenty, and he gets that key interception. Good for him. I really hope that we see him play a lot more in the second half after coming out of the bye week. It's not even the second half of the season. Coming out of the bye is what I should have said. But Joey Porter Jr., that one play, that's all. Hey, sometimes all you need to do is make one play, and he did. He's a winner. The next, speaking of making one play, the only play this guy had made prior to was a holding call in special teams. It's Miles Killebrew. He had the blocked punt. What a huge play. Creates a safety. Momentum shifted entirely when that happened. Because if you think about it, and Dave Schofield brought this up in the postgame show, they play Renegade, Steelers defense gets a stop, blocked punt, and the whole game flipped on its head. Just like that. I'm not giving the credit to Renegade. Dave said I should. No, to me, it was the block punt. That was really what turned the tide. And there's nothing better, by the way. Like the if you follow the Steelers on Instagram, I know they share some of these on Twitter as well. When the, the Steelers make a play and they have catching on video, and they have the crowd noise. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome to just kind of hear it and you can feel it. You can just like feel it in my bones. So great. Matt Miles' killer root block punt was a great moment, and that was a turning point in the game, and that's why he is on the winner's list. Okay, we have two more. The next one is just the Steelers' ability to take the ball away. They end up with three takeaways in this game. They needed every single one of them. Kudos to Larry Ogunjobi. The hustle play going down the field. Justice Hill doesn't see him coming, and bang, punches that sucker out. That's a beautiful play. That's a hustle play. That's a Cam Hayward play. He's learning the he's learning the Steelers' way of playing defensive line. It was good to see, you know. You, you bring up the the strip sack with Alex Highsmith and the recovery by TJ Watt, the Joey Porter interception. They needed them all. They got them three. Good to see. Next, Broderick Jones. He's the tenth and final winner of the game. The dude's in his first start, his first NFL start. He did not surrender a sack, not once. He actually graded out pretty good in run defense, run blocking as well. This is what we wanted to see. We He didn't start the season at left tackle, and that's fine. Dan Moore did his thing. He got banged up. Sometimes an injury is an opening for someone else to take the spot, and that's exactly what Broderick Jones did. I don't see him surrendering this spot back, barring injury. The dude is a first-round pick. They traded up to get him. Now it is time to let him ball out let him get his feet wet, let him get comfortable. This was a great first step in what is hopefully a very long career in Pittsburgh for Broderick Jones. So there you have those 10 winners. I'll read them back to you quickly. Jalen Warren, the pass rush, Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Joey Porter Jr., Miles Killebrut, the takeaways, and Broderick Jones. And like I said, there are six, six losers. That's a lot for a win, especially this one, but – if you watch the game, you understand. Let's go. Let's get hit, uh, started with this. The first loser is the first half third down defense. Really, in the first half, and then even there were some in the second half. They gave up some unbelievably painful third downs. They were getting. They were doing everything that I talked about in winners and lose, and the keys to victory. Not winners and losers. My apologies. They did everything I said in the keys to victory. Like, you got to stop the run, and then you have to get. Them in, in long down and distances. And they were doing that. And they were giving up these brutal, brutal third down conversions. Third and 19, third and 26. It just said, or maybe it wasn't third and 26, but third and 10 plus yards. Those were backbreakers. So it was in the first half. They had some uh, third down defensive issues in the second half as well. The numbers don't really dictate it because they did hold the Ravens on third down a lot in the second half. So this is me really more in the first half, but still that was a problem. The third down offense is the next loser. Six for 15, six for 15, 15 third downs. And you only convert six. That is just so far below the line. I don't even know what to say. I really don't. Now here we go. To the next one are the Steelers rush offense. I, I know what the Steelers are trying to do but they're really doing a really piss-poor job of doing it. The Steelers' rush offense had the 87 carries, or 87 yards, and 87 carries would be ridiculous. 87 yards, 30 carries for a 2.9-yard average. 2.9-yard average. And it just felt like there were times where they were running their head against a brick wall repeatedly, just over and over and over, and thinking at some point it wasn't going to hurt. Yeah, that's dumb. That is dumb. I'm not saying don't run the ball, but my gosh, can we think of more unique and creative ways to do it? That George Pickens rush for sixteen yards. That's part of that 87 yards. Think about that. Oh my gosh. The run offense is in a bad, bad place. Let's go to the next one. The really I the first half run defense. And the reason why I say first half is because in the second half the, the Ravens did nothing really in the second half. I think close to 100 yards of that came in the first half. Because Here's the stat line. The Ravens rushed for 125 total yards on 25 carries for a 5.0 average. You're thinking, that's insane. 100 of that came in the first half. The second half, the Steelers buckled down, started tackling better. The inside linebackers started playing better. Players like Cole Holcomb, who in the first half could have been on the losers list, started to figure out, like, I need to attack the ball. I can't play like Devin Bush. I need to attack the ball. And when they started to do that, Landon and Roberts started playing downhill. Quan Alexander, same. Even Cole Holcomb started to get it together. That's when you started to take it to the Ravens. So the first half run defense, boy, was that below the line. Second half, they did get it together. The next loser is officiating. I know that the, the Ravens only had two penalties called on them. I'm sorry, <laughs> And You cannot convince me that the Ravens played a half-plus of football and did not have a penalty. They were not flagged for anything until deep in the third quarter. That is so beyond the realm of possibility. I don't even know what is. It was horrible. There were missed holding calls. There were some blatant, blatant penalties that weren't called. I thought Arthur Millette's play against George Pickens in the back of the end zone was easily, easily illegal contact. You could have called defensive pass interference. No call? Come on now. The penalties, uh, the officiating, I hate to bring that up a ton, but I thought it was pretty bad. And I saved, the, in my opinion, one of the worst losers for last, and that's Gunnar Olszewski. So Gunnar Olszewski, who gets thrust into the return role, before I even talk about him, and in and of itself, fans should know. So, if someone out there says, "Well, Calvin Austin was hurt, that's why he wasn't back there," maybe, maybe Calvin Austin was getting checked for a concussion, and therefore Gunner had to go out and return a kick, maybe fair catch a punt. I get it, but they also have another guy on the roster who's active, Desmond King who is capable of doing what Gunner did in terms of catching fair catches and letting it go in the end zone. Let's get to that's out of the way. Next, Calvin Austin returned to the game. Now, Mike Tomlin said after the game, when he was asked about it, the reason why Gunner Olszewski was back the returning punts was because Calvin Austin, what had been checked for a concussion. He was clear to return to play. So if he's clear to return to play, either you hold him out or You don't put him in on offense and then not to return kicks. What happened? He didn't do anything. It was literally, well, there he goes. He's out on offense. Gunner's back there. What happens? Gunner catches a punt. He and Connor Hayward collide, fumble, and it looked like the game was over. It looked like for the second straight season, Gunner Olszewski was going to fumble away the Steelers' opportunity to win a football game. Now, thankfully... That turned into the Joey Porter interception, and most people might brush it under the rug, but not me. Not me. In my opinion, once Deontay Johnson comes back, Gunnar Olszewski is as good as gone. He can just go by the wayside, be a free agent, find a new team if you want, but the Steelers, there's no reason to have him on the roster. Once Deontay comes back, and as long as Calvin Austin's healthy, he can go. He can go. There's got to be a street-free agent who can bring provide more to the team than him. Gunnar Olszewski is a loser. That's a crucial fumble. You have one job. You have one job in that situation, and that is do not put the ball on the turf. Do not put the ball on the turf. Do not fumble the football. And he didn't do his job. And it's not the first time. So for people saying, oh, well, you know, it does, that happens. Yes, it does happen, but it doesn't. It's happened a lot. It has happened a lot with Gunnar Olszewski, and it's not his first fumble even this season. So take that for what it's worth. All right, that does it for me. Again, we're giving away a t shirt today. Make sure you're checking out the Steel Curtain Network Twitter feed. I will retweet it from my own. You have to follow the Steel Curtain Network. You got to retweet that tweet, and then you're eligible to win that free Victory Monday t shirt. I'm excited for this. The Steelers win, they beat the Ravens. That's right, going into the bye first place in the AFC North. Be excited. For once, let yourself be happy. Don't be a miserable Steelers fan. Okay. I will be back on Wednesday. We will have the mailbag. I'm gonna look on getting you some guests right here on the Let's Ride podcast. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know we finished it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. Great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,